Okay, Jam. Today we're going to answer the age-old question. Which one? What is yogurt? Ooh. And sour cream. I have an answer for you. You do? Mm -hmm. What is it? Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. I was like, no, he knows. (laughs) All right. Well, um, this question was asked by uh, listener Sam in and Agus R on Instagram. And we're going to dive into all kinds of information about fermentation. Nice. Very cool. I'm going to do it. We're going to talk about what's yogurt, how is it different from sour cream, and um, we're going to even get into a little biochemistry, so let's get into it. Okay, deal. Hey, I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, so this, before we start, I want to dedicate this episode to our listener, Elizabeth P. She joined our patron this week. Yes, joined our super cool community of Yay, patrons. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks for supporting the show, and we're excited to get to know you as part of our community in the various ways that we get to do that. So thanks for joining and for helping chemistry be available to be learned and enjoyed by more people. Oh, thank you so much. And so, Elizabeth, this episode's for you. Here's hoping you like yogurt or sour cream. Mm-hmm. Or at least are interested in maybe the chemistry of it. Yeah, maybe. Because I don't like sour cream, but I think I'm interested in understanding it. In knowing what it is. Yeah. Okay, so, and this question came from Sam in, and I think it's Agus or August, A-G-U-S, mm-hmm. A.Gus maybe, <laughs> on Instagram. And um, Sam specifically asked about what is yogurt and how is it different from sour cream. Mm. And he mentioned, you know, we have a, a episode on cheese and butter, but he still wanted to know about yogurt. Right. And I was thinking the episode on cheese is really good and it's really relevant. And so that's why we played that as our re-release for last week. Nice. So this is kind of like a part two to that to that episode. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Okay, so but also sort of like a part part goo because <laughs> yogurt's like kind of gooier. <laughs> One of the papers I uh, it was like a book chapter and it was called fermented milks and I was like, Ugh, yeah, I don't like that. I don't like hearing that milks. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so, but I guess there are multiple types of milk you could ferment, so it, it makes sense. But in, on the face of it, it does seem like why did you say it that way? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think also the different ways of fermenting milk makes mm. fermented milks. Different types of fermented milk. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I I was thinking like the origin of the milk Mm, being different. That is true too. Goat, cow. Yeah. You know. But this was all about cow. And we're, this is all about cow for us today also. All about (laughs) cow. (laughs) Now I want like a sweatshirt that says all about cow. (laughs) And it just has like a cute little cow. Something about having it be singular instead of plural, <laughs> just makes it immediately funny. I don't know why. All about cow. Like, if you had a shirt that said all about cows, it'd be like, eh, take it or leave it, you know? But all about cow is very marketable. Uh, yeah, it'd Something be, about I it. could just picture it like, and you know that like 90s kind of like royal blue, not royal blue, but like tealy blue, like po- I had a Pocahontas sweatshirt that was this color. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yep. And just like have it say all about cow and like a cartoony cow, like in a field with like some little flowers. Yes. That would yeah. be so cute. Well, it's like there's like animals that we would get obsessed with as 90s kids that 
would be all over our shirts. Yeah. And stuff. I don't have backpacks. Butterflies for me. Butterflies. You got unicorns. You got horses. Mm, yeah. But like the idea of it being a cow, that's really <laughs> funny. <laughs> okay. So let, speaking of cows, let's talk about their milk and let's do a quick review and then get into what yogurt is to answer Sam's question. Okay. Deal. So, um, when milk is taken from cows, this is a bit of a review because we have done the butter episode, the cheese episode. We even did one on whipping cream. So mm-hmm. just to review, when milk comes from cows, it's just one product and you will separate that out to different products with different fat contents. And that's standardized by fat content. And cream has the highest fat content. And then, you know, there's like skim and all these other kinds that are more or less. Mm. The other stuff in milk is... um. There's mostly water, lactose, sugar, which is a type of sugar. Lactose is the sugar in milk, proteins, calcium, and some fats. That's like what's all in there. Mm -hmm. And so you take this milk from the cow, you separate it out based on fat content, extra fat is added back into the cream portion, and that's how we get milk that we know in the shelves. And it's also pasteurized. But then to become cheese, we talked about in last week's re-release episode that you know, milk has bacteria added to it. This is more to remind Jam because he hasn't listened to it in a while. Milk has bacteria added to it. And the bacteria eat lactose and they produce lactic acid. Mm. And then it adds, there's enzymes added in to clump the um, milk proteins up together to make curd. And then it's aged to become cheese. Right. Okay. So you all hopefully just heard about that last week. Now let's talk about what yogurt is. Okay. The best way I can conceptualize yogurt for you is it's very part one of making cheese, and that's it. Adding bacteria? You add bacteria to milk, which will convert that, the lactose, the sugar in the milk, into lactic acid. And that acid gives a little bit of sourness and tartness, Mm -hmm. and it will cause the liquid to thicken up in what we talked about in last week's episode. And we won't get back into the chemistry of that today. But that's essentially it. Mm-hmm. And sour cream is actually made in very much the same way. It's made by starting off with cream instead of milk. Okay. So it has a higher fat content. Uh-huh. And I think they use different types of bacteria. They're, they're all bacteria that will eat the sugar in dairy products and produce lactic acid. But there's uh-huh. different varieties of bacteria you can use. <laughs> but we use bacteria. To make lactic acid and, you know, it also thickens. It becomes a little bit more tart, but it has a different final texture than yogurt. Okay, right. But they're both fermented milks. Interesting. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, and that that kind of is your answer if you just want to stop there. If you're you're just here for the the cold, hard facts and you don't want to learn the chemistry, essentially, cheese, yogurt, and sour cream all start by taking milk. Or some milk product base like cream, adding bacteria, which consumes the lactose. It creates lactic acid and that causes the milk to begin to thicken and it gets tart. And that's it. Okay. So that's, you know, the basic answer. Okay. Um, actually, also one of the papers I read about the different fermented milks, it was, or I think it was the chapter called Fermented Milks. Uh-huh. It was... Um, It kind of talked about what we talked about um, two weeks ago when we did our episode on, um, oh, it just blanked out of my mind. We talked about traditional medicine and and science, like Western way of knowing and like natural product synthesis. What was that episode? Why did I suddenly forget it? I could tell you. 
<laughs> Sorry. Oh, we talked about that with Cinnamon, didn't we? Cinnamon, yes. Okay, yeah. so this reminded me of that conversation within Cinnamon that we had where we were talking about, you know, there's this traditional way of knowing indigenous knowledge and then you can pair that with the Western scientific way of knowing to sort of optimize things mm. and the power of those things coming together. And this book actually, this book chapter referenced that. They talked about how there's, you know, um, more traditional fermented milk, which is ends up being something like yogurt. There's all different types of varieties all around the world, but they can be kind of hit or miss and not very consistent. And with Western science, we now understand sort of the underlying fermentation that happens and we can optimize the output and give more of a consistent product and optimize the different strains of bacteria or whatever. Mm. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And it kind of full circle. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, we just talked about that. I should bring that up. Interesting. So that's that's sort of like your basic overview of what fermented milk is and then how, um, you know, some of the fun fact I learned about it. But let's talk about the science here. So okay. now that was your way out if you just wanted the first little bit. Now we're going to get in deeper. Okay. Okay. So in the episode that we did on cheese, we glossed over the process of how the bacteria takes the lactose and turns it into lactic acid. Right. We talked about the other chemistry concepts that I'm not going to talk about today. Okay. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to talk about what happens and how we get the lactose. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So before I do that, I do want to remind you of something that we have talked about before called oxidation and reduction. Mm. And if you took a high school chemistry class, you might have learned like this saying called oil rig, which is oxidation is losing electrons and reduction is gaining electrons. Or I've also heard Leoger, which I don't even remember what. Losing electrons, oxidation, maybe gaining reduction. Um, but in organic chemistry, we don't characterize it like that. Mm -hmm. What I think of when I think of oxidizing and reduction is oxidizing is gaining bonds to oxygen. So say I have a carbon bonded to an oxygen. Mm -hmm. If I add a bond there and now have a carbon with two bonds to that same oxygen, that's oxidation. Right. But if I have it the opposite way where I have a carbon with two bonds to an oxygen and it loses one of those bonds, that's reduction. Right. So oxidation, gaining bonds to oxygen, reduction, losing bonds to oxygen. Would that include... An, a new single bond to a new oxygen? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it so would. So like something didn't have an oxygen and now it does have one. Mm -hmm. That would also be. Yeah. Um. This might be a little kind of advanced, but we've talked about functional groups a few times. And there's like, if you have an alcohol functional group, so a carbon bonded to an oxygen and that's bonded to a hydrogen, theoretically that could be oxidized by adding another bond and you'd lose the hydrogen. So then that oxygen functional group turns into a different functional group called a ketone, or it's a carbon double bonded to an mm. oxygen. Or it could be one called an aldehyde. We also talked about that before, where it's a carbon double bonded to an oxygen on one side, and the other side has a hydrogen. And you can oxidize that even further and put an oxygen in between the carbon and the hydrogen. Mm. So then it becomes a carboxylic acid. So it can kind of like go in steps. I think of it in terms of, oh, we start with just a carbon bonded to one uh, oxygen and then it's double bonded to that. And now we add in another oxygen. Yeah. So it kind of keeps going. Right. And then the opposite of that is if you have 
a carbon double bonded to an oxygen and you bring it back down. So it starts out as what we would call a ketone and you bring it back down to a carbon with a single bond to an oxygen, hydrogen on the other side, that would be an alcohol. Right. <clears throat> okay. So that is the is a big chemistry lesson for what I'm about to talk about. Okay. So I just wanted to refresh you on that, but now I'm going to put it in the context of these little bacteria. Okay. So essentially what happens in bacteria when they're breaking down lactose is something called glycolysis. This is biochemistry, so... <laughs> Our friend Kaiba, who's the real um, biochemist, yikes! Hopefully, I do a good job. <laughs> um, in the in the process of uh, glycolysis, it's breaking down glucose and other sugars like lactose into smaller molecules. So it's a ten step process, and it ultimately produces a product called pyruvate. And glycolysis to py pyruvate. They, the breakdown of glucose to pyruvate through glycolysis is important because pretty much all cells are able to do this. And it is, to quote my biochemistry textbook, for some tissues such as brain, kidney, medulla, and rapidly contracting skeletal muscles, and for some cells, glucose is the only source of metabolic energy. So they're able to take that glucose and break it down into products that can be useful in your metabolism. Like, oh, we're going to use this to fuel our body. Okay. And the product that it produces, pyruvate, it's, it's a versatile metabolite that can be used in several ways in our body. So it's really important. It's a way that we basically take fuel and break it down to be usable in, our, in all of our different processes in the body. Okay. Okay. So what happens is you have your glucose, and it will break down through 10 steps and it creates something called pyruvate. Okay. Now here is an opportunity where if um, we can have Brie hopefully draw an illustration, it would be really helpful for me to be able to show you this, but for our listeners and in case we can't get that, pyruvate and lactate are very similar in structure. In fact, they're identical with the exception of one thing. Pyruvate has a carbon with a double bond to an oxygen, and in that same place, the lactate has a carbon with a single bond to an oxygen. Ah. So basically, lactate is the reduced, opposite of oxidized, version of pyruvate. Got it. Okay. And so... So wait. So just before we move on, just to make sure I get that. The pyruvate, two bonds to oxygen. Two bonds to oxygen. Lactate? Yep. One bond to oxygen. One bond to oxygen. Okay. It has a bunch more bonds, but in this specific spot, it goes from two bonds to oxygen, ketone, mm -hmm. one bond to oxygen, alcohol. Got it. Okay. Okay. So the that is the big difference between those two. Okay. And so in if this process is happening in the absence of oxygen, so say that our cells don't have access to oxygen, mm -hmm. or maybe these bacteria don't have access to oxygen- Instead of getting oxygen from the air, they will get oxygen from the pyruvate. They will oxidize the pyruvate. No, they will reduce the pyruvate. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I always get those backwards. They will reduce the pyruvate. They take the oxygen away from the pyruvate. That means uh -huh. it's an oxidizing agent. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So the pyruvate will become reduced, creating lactate. Mm, okay. And lactate is... 
just like we talked about with the MSG episode, it's just a deprotonated version of lactic acid. So if okay. you have um, the acid form, I think it was glutamic acid becomes glutamate. Same thing here. Lactic acid becomes lactate. Okay. So it's just, if you put it in the right conditions, it, you know, it's just a negative version. It's just losing a proton. If you want to learn more about that, you can go back and listen to our MSG episode. Okay. And so essentially they take, lactose is not, um, is not glucose. So it's not the same starting product, but it can be broken down into something really similar. And I believe it will enter the metabolic process as that side product. And, but it, they could maybe just break down straight lactose, but I don't think so based on what I was reading in my textbook. Mm-hmm. And so they go through the same glycolysis process, break down and still get pyruvate, which I thought the lactic acid or the lactose just broke down directly into lactate, but it doesn't. Okay. So they go through the glycolysis process, get pyruvate, and then the pyruvate is reduced into the lactate, which is essentially just another form of lactic acid. Okay. And that's how we get lactic acid in our bodies and in our yogurt. And sour cream and cheese. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. What are you thinking? Just feels like. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like what? I'm like, I think I get it, but it also feels like it's so different though. Well, we didn't go into the complex process of glycolysis, which is a 10 step metabolic process that. We would need someone who's really good at biochemistry to be able to simplify down and explain to us well here. Yeah. But I think that the idea that that there is a metabolic process that they go through that we also go through Mm -hmm. that produces this side product or this pyruvate, this end product that then can be broken down into the lactic acid, not really broken down. It's reduced. Yeah. (laughs) It's the opposite of oxidized into lactic acid. Okay. And that's how we get our lactic acid. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. But also it's kind of <laughs> cool, but also it still feels like there's mystery there, which makes sense. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I don't think we have time to go through all of... It was chapter 18. Glycolysis <laughs> was chapter 18 in the biochemistry textbook. So you'd have to go through all 18 chapters <laughs> before you can really thoroughly get that part. But we'll yeah. just do the... We just are doing the shortened part. Yeah. It's like... Yogurt has some min- mysteries it wants to hold on to, you know? Yeah. I want to be understood all, all <laughs> at once on the first date, you know? <laughs> I mean, listen, I've, we've done so many episodes. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually we get to that point. But yeah, yeah it's only once we get to chapter 18. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to take a chance to show you. This is what pyruvate looks like. Okay. So see here, it has the um, carbons with the double bonds. Mm-hmm. And then this is lactate so see it still has the carbon with a double bond here but the other one is reduced oh i see yeah and so if you are listening at home you can google pyruvate pyruvate to lactic acid and you can see kind of the different structures and how similar they are so they both have a carbon 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 This is a carboxylic acid functional group that remains unchanged. That's why we call it an acid. And then we have the carbon with a double bond oxygen here, but over here it's an alcohol. Interesting. 
So this is probably one of the things that we probably shouldn't talk about right now because it's not the visual aid that everybody has, but why does it not show the symbol for carbon on those? Oh, um, it's just assumed. We've never talked about diagrams. Yeah, we haven't ever talked about that. That's a good point in case we do have a visual aid. A lot of times when you're looking at organic molecules, they're just drawn with like lines and they'll have just sort of like, I don't know. Can you put an insert in right here? You know, the way TikTok videos can. (laughs) (laughs) And it just looks like lines with bins in it. And Uh each one of those points, each angle where it comes together is a carbon. Mm. And that's a shorthand because organic molecules can be really, really complicated and drawing in every individual carbon is crazy. Yeah. And each carbon has four bonds to it. Okay. So each carbon would have, if it doesn't have anything explicitly drawn, three hydrogens or two hydrogens around it, depending Mm. on where it is in the molecule or maybe one, but drawing in all those hydrogens is crazy. So that's actually a carbon with hydrogens. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah, I didn't ever realize that. That was a good question. I was just like, you kept saying, and there's a carbon, and then I was like, okay, clearly they're not labeling all <laughs> carbons, because I would know what that. You're like, there's no carbon. There's <laughs> yeah. not a C there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's I was a like, good point. I trust you. There probably is one, but I yeah. just don't see the yeah, carbon. Yeah, it's like a shorthand um, for organic chemistry. Yeah, did you get what I said, though? No, sorry. What did you say? I probably don't see. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I missed it because I was trying to teach you. <laughs> Sorry. I missed your dumb joke. <laughs> Just kidding. I, mean, I was asking a real question, not for the sake of a joke. And yes. then the joke came to my mind. Came like, together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if, I don't know, I, I almost wish we could take like a quick pause and I could hold up like a piece of paper where I draw a really large, but hopefully Brie could, you know, do yeah. that for us potentially where we have the lactic acid and the pyruvate uh lactic acid pyruvic acid or lactate and pyruvate Mm -hmm. whichever one but also show you something where the carbons are all drawn in and then where the carbons aren't so you can see that shorthand yeah that was a good question thanks for asking that's one of those things that when you teach chemistry verbally primarily wouldn't come up right right and yeah we haven't needed to talk about that and i haven't been like tested on in a more traditional exam where they'd be like, Hey, you got to draw some stuff Yeah. or like yeah. whatever. But I remember learning that stuff back in high school though. I mean like at least the, a little bit of it. Very. Yeah. Briefly. But haven't had to really revisit it. That was a good question. Okay. So that's it. That's your lesson. Okay. Kind of a shorty cause uh-huh. you know, the glycolysis is a lot, but I do think that the idea that, you know, the bacteria goes through this metabolic process called glycolysis and then, the um, pyruvate is reduced to mm-hmm. be our lactate, which is basically just lactic acid. That's the big chemistry for you today. So when we start out with, is so you said it's basically the same with milk or cream, right? Because mm-hmm. we're it just one of them turns into yogurt, one of them turns into sour cream based on their fat content primarily. Right. So, yeah. they, but they start they similar process, but they start slightly differently because of the fat fat content difference between. And them. I think they use different bacteria possibly. Oh right, 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 right. I forgot about that part. So they start off the way that we know them. You can buy some cream. You can buy some the milk, and then the you said it's glucose. So there's lactose is the sugar. In, oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, in milk. Yeah. But it can be uh, sort of broken down into something really similar to glucose that can enter the glycolysis process. It needs to get that first. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <clears throat> and it can be broken out of that. And then that glycolysis process is when the bacteria takes it through 10 steps. 
and spits out the pyruvate, or not spits out, but that's what it becomes at the by the end. Yeah. And the pyruvate is then just one bond to oxygen different from lactic acid. And it would be reduced. Yes, it acts as an oxidizing agent because uh-huh. there's no oxygen to act as an oxidizing agent. Uh-huh. So oxidizes the oxidizing agents get reduced. Okay. And then we end up with when that's happened a bunch of times all over the place in milk or in some cream, then it becomes yogurt or becomes sour cream because a lot of the lactose to glucose to glycolysis to pyruvate to lactic acid. Uh-huh. When it's happened a ton, then now it's something different. Now there's a bunch of lactic acid. Yeah. And you got to listen to the cheese episode to find out why acid has that effect. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Or you just did listen to it, so you already know, I guess. Right. Jam hasn't re-listened to it yet. Right. But I did listen to it once before. <laughs> oh, more than once, probably. That's true. Yeah. Usually you listen a few times when you're editing. Yeah. So I have listened to it before. Yeah. You have. And is that also just like why? I mean, it makes sense that you're making that many changes. They would taste so different, but especially because it's like lactose to glucose. So like you're messing with the sugary tasting stuff, right? So like it gets, you're taking away one thing, but you're also changing it. So then it's like that tartness comes in, but like yogurt on its own without anything you've done to it is just really not sweet. Yes. It is like just tart. Yeah. So a a lot of the sugar is taken out of it in that process. But also acid is sour. Mm-hmm. So when we learn about acids and bases, we learn that acids are sour and bases are bitter. Mm-hmm. And so we, like if you think of a lemon that has a pretty low pH, it's pretty acidic and it's like sour and tart. So the flavor of lactic acid is also sour and tart a little bit. Okay. But also you're removing some of the sugar that used to be there also. So it's like right. a combination of, the flavor profile is just going to change a lot from a combination of lose. Losing the lactic acid and the, or sorry, losing the lactose, adding in lactic acid. And, you know, it's possible that there's other byproducts that happen too. Right. This is just the main one. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's a, it's a double whammy and flavor change. Yeah. Interesting. I remember the first time I had, like, you know, as a kid, uh, I had very sweetened yogurt all the time. Yeah. You know, like just yo play or go They just add the sugar back in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably first, just plain sugar the in The first that time case. I started trying to, like, make, like, a healthy-ish sort of smoothie kind of thing in college. I remember buying just like plain unsweetened Greek yogurt. Yeah. And like, I was like, I love yogurt. And I still do. But I was like, I remember being like, I love yogurt. And I just took a spoonful of it and just ate it. And I remember being like, like just like so surprised. Yeah. Like, and I still didn't hate it really, but it was just like, wow, my childhood of eating sweet (laughs) yogurt did not prepare me for this flavor, you know? (laughs) You know, I do love, uh, not a sponsor, but this this brand called Siggy's, mm. and it's Sky Skyer Skier, S K Y R, instead of just like a traditional yogurt. But all that is all still fermented milk, so mm-hmm. basically just yogurt. Um, but they have it has high protein and a low sugar content. But I uh-huh. feel like it's a little bit less tart than a lot of Greek yogurt. Uh-huh. And um, I had little tiny chocolate chips. Nice, it's really good. Nice, and also. Um, our friend Sam, who asked this question, said a lot of times in recipes, he'll swap out sour cream for Greek yogurt. 
Mm. Which I have heard people do for different protein and fat content mm -hmm. as well. If you're trying to bulk up, you want more protein. Yeah. <laughs> so. What's crazy is that um, I was just thinking about whenever I went to, I worked for the humanitarian nonprofit for years. One of the places I went to where there were various humanitarian projects going on that I just kind of went and uh, learned about and documented a little bit um, was in Central Asia. And they just make their own essentially Greek yogurt, but it's probably slightly different yogurt on their own just all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we put some milk, we do this. And like what they, they do it like other things that have bacteria or yeast in them, you know, it's like, oh, you add a little bit of yogurt from your previous batch into it. Yes. You know? Yeah. Just like a sourdough starter. Uh -huh, exactly. And they would just do that. And it was amazing. I mean, it was like, I think it, it didn't probably, because they don't let it happen for a long time. I think it yogurifies some of the way, but it's not quite as tart as yeah. like the Greek yogurt that you complain by from the store. Well, and different. probably still some lactose. Yeah. But I remember it being like, just like they just had it with breakfast and stuff. And it was like so good. Yeah. And they just always had it. It was like just a regular part of so many different meals and stuff. That would be some of the traditional, like a traditional yogurt. Yeah. But one of the things I read said different like strains of bacteria uh -huh. will give different flavors, but also different times. Of how mm -hmm. long you let it go will mm -hmm. also give different tartness, levels of tartness. Yeah. So that makes sense. So yeah, I bet that is amazing. And I did read like some of the American Chemical Society, I think, or maybe I used a lot of extension websites as mm -hmm. well. Um, which we've talked about that before in our sea level rise episode. Um, they had information on how to start it. And there were, the options were either use a previous batch, just like a sourdough starter, a mm -hmm. yogurt starter, or you can buy like the colonies of bacteria, like yeah. similar to yeast. Yeah. And do the same thing with kombucha. You leave a little bit of your previous batch and then reach out to anyone. It's like, yeah, interesting. I'm so jealous that you've had yogurt, like fresh maybe. Mm-hmm. They, they call it yogurt? Yeah. It was just like, and it was like, yeah, there's some yogurt. And then I think I remember saying something about like, oh, I don't want to eat all of it. And like, oh, we'll just make some more. And like, they told, I remember asking, I was very interested in this. And I was we're asking, I can't remember their time frame, but they're like, oh, we'll add some milk to this, use some of the other batch. And then in a, however many days, it'll be, it'll be good to go. But they made it just seem so easy. And I was like, it, it, the way you put it, it is easy. I guess we just are so not used to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We also, um, I do think yogurt is fermented at a higher temperature. It was one of the things I read, but it made me think of the, <laughs> have you seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, I haven't. There was a character who was making yogurt at his desk and he touches it and it's really hot. And uh. I'm like, yeah, because the bacteria is putting out energy. I don't know. Uh. I, don't, I don't know if it's an exothermic process where they put out energy, like heat as well. But yeah, it reminded me of that when they said they, that is a different temperature. And I do think the different temperatures could also come into play between sour cream and um, yogurt as mm, well. Interesting. That's, some, that's funny. <laughs> like, that's some hot yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Anyway, that's the fun thing I learned about about yogurt and sour cream is it's basically the same. Not really, but you can taste and see the difference. But yeah, yeah. it's a similar process, a similar idea. We just start with some kind of milk product. Then you add some cocktail of bacteria and they're going to ferment it using this lactic acid fermentation process. And they'll produce, ultimately, they'll turn the lactose into 
to lactic acid. So, but why is yogurt so much better than sour cream? <laughs> like, how can we prove this, that, that? Um, you know what? I feel like I've never heard people talk about sour cream still having live cultures in it. Mm. That's a good point. Like, yogurt gets a lot of that. It's like, hey, this is good probiotic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Do you think sour cream's not? It's a very good question. It was hard to find the difference. Even between milk and... There wasn't a thing that was like, oh, here, I'm going to break down the difference between cheese and yogurt for you. I had to go learn about the cheese. I, like, relearned, went and listened to our old episode. And then I went and learned about yogurt separately and drew my own conclusions based Mm. on those separate resources. But it, there was not a lot of stuff that said like, oh, yeah, here's the difference between the types of fermented milk. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So I felt like I didn't get a sat- as satisfying of an answer about sour cream. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode about what makes it different. Yeah. I kind of feel like I don't even know what it tastes like, really, because I just use Greek yogurt because I don't usually have sour cream on hand. Yeah. It's like I feel like none of us have really had it as in some tacos or burritos or whatever. And I always kind of feel like, oh, I don't. This isn't really doing anything for me here. Yeah. Occasionally I've had like a, like a kind of fast food uh, kind of taco sort of place or whatever where they just don't really do a great job sometimes of like putting reasonable amounts of things. Yeah. And so they're just like, there's just way too much sour cream in here. And I'm just like, I just did. It's not even, I don't even need this. You I know? do. Chewy's is a chain restaurant around here that has a tomatillo sauce with some kind of sour cream in it, like mm. a deluxe tomatillo sauce. And yeah. that is really. That sounds good to me. It's just like when it's like, yeah, we just, you know, Here's just a glob, glob. <laughs> yeah. to your taco. Glob is the word that you think of when mm-hmm. you think of sour cream. <laughs> I'm just like, now I can't taste the other stuff that's good as well because you put that all over it. Well, that was really fun. Um, I was going to ask you what your favorite fermented milk was, but we kind of talked about it already. So yeah, I guess you probably know now. I guess instead we should just do a fun thing from this week. Okay, let's do it. What's What's been fun from your week? Um, I, what a good question. Hmm. You got one already? No, I don't. Because <laughs> I was going to ask your favorite fermented milk instead. Well, I'll, I'll just say this. This is kind of gets weird because of the anachronism, the fact that we were recording so far ahead. But, um, we, it was actually for the Thanksgiving holidays, the days off or whatever. We went and hung out with my, um, some of my family members that still live in Abilene. <laughs> and um, so that was cool. One thing I was going to share about, though, is that um, we <laughs> we were trying to look for an Airbnb to stay at because I've got a whole crew now. You know, it's like m- my wife, my mother-in-law, our two kids. And it was like, okay, that's a lot of people. For anyone to have that many <laughs> that much space in their house yeah, is a lot. So we were looking Doesn't at Airbnbs. And <clears throat> we were going to, yeah, we're trying to find a good Airbnb. Of course, prices go up near holidays and that kind of stuff. And then my uh, mom had a friend, some friends who were out of town. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, oh, y'all can stay at our house. We won't be there. That's nice. So we stayed at this house and it was like, like really nice. <laughs> like it was like, like, man, we really got an upgrade here. We You're went, like, oh, we should not be allowed to stay in this yes, house. <laughs> yeah, it did feel like that. It felt like uh, if they knew. Yeah, I don't know. It just was kind of funny because we went from being like, okay, what's the cheapest Airbnb we could get? To yeah. being like. Staying in a place that was like, if this was an Airbnb, we could not <laughs> afford. We couldn't even there. afford like half of it. Was it that much nicer? Yes. <laughs> but what was just, the fanciest thing? Okay, I'll tell you. This is not everyone's fanciest thing, but for me, actually, I'll tell you two things. 
two fancy things. One, counter height um, or under counter microwave thing. Oh, yeah. That when I was like, how do you use this? Like I was could not figure it out at first. The screen kind of like folds down, like folds out. Mm-hmm. And then you press a button and it opens like a drawer. Oh, my gosh. You put your stuff down into it and then press a button and it closes. That is wild. Yeah, I was like, this is very cool. And it's like the kind of thing that I'd, I'm very amused by. That's yeah. probably not that much more expensive than another microwave. But it feels really, I mean, if you have that kind of, you have fancy microwave money. Yep, exactly. And then the other thing is they had this, this is cool, but uh, it gets funny. There was like in multiple <laughs> multiple bedrooms, like a little um, kind of just stair system like installed in the rooms like it was like a couple speakers mounted and like a little like control thing on the mm-hmm. wall like kind of where the light switches so you could like go through some radio stations and just play music in there and i think there was a way you could like put it to a certain setting and then maybe like just bluetooth connect your phone yeah so it's kind of just cool like oh there's already like stereo system in here and you can just connect to it and all the rooms have it and it's the same Works so you the can have way. the same music all through the house. I guess you probably could do that. Or you could have your own music in each room. Yeah, I think that's probably nice. their main thing. But yeah. But then I was thumbing through the stations on there. And they had like three radio stations. And then two channels for connecting your own device somehow. That I'd never really tinkered with. And then they had one additional channel. Which you would never guess. But was literally just like the audio from... Seinfeld episodes. No. Just just streaming. Like just, what? Like and it was like I think a whole episode and just just the audio from it. And then when it finished one, it'd play the next. But it was but like, like how was that happening? I don't know. It almost seems like somebody forgot and their phone was just like running, but it wouldn't have worked the whole weekend no, like that. It wouldn't. In fact, I think it'd be more likely, and I didn't investigate this at all, but that you know, Seinfeld is syndicatable and is on everything. Yeah. It's always playing on something. Yeah. But that somebody at some point put like maybe like a, it's like a serious XM channel where it's literally just all the Seinfeld episodes playing end to end. That is on hilarious. Repeat. But I was thinking like one huge value would be like I could listen to this and fall asleep to it. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe that's why they have it on there. I was like, what if somebody who lives at this house is a Seinfeld fan and they're like, oh, let's get that Seinfeld That's their bedtime channel show. on there. Yeah, I'm going to put it on. And if you've seen all the episodes before. You don't have to look at it. Yeah, you can just listen. And I was like, that's pretty genius if there's yeah. a show you like that much that you've watched all of. But I just was like, thumbing through it is so surprised. I just do that with my phone. I just like close my phone so it's like black and just but keep the thing yeah. playing. Yeah. Because I sometimes have to listen to stuff. Yeah. And because I'm a Seinfeld fan, I was like, <laughs> I cannot believe that this is the like, thing this on is here. so lucky. Yeah, it was crazy. But you haven't seen, have you not seen all of it, right? Because you go slowly. So did you get spoiled? I, I have seen, I have been saving the finale, even though I kind of know some of the stuff that happens. But I've seen every episode, I think multiple times at this point, but just still have never seen the finale. Mm. I kept thinking like, I was doing that thing, savoring it, watching it slowly for a, a couple of years. Yeah. And then I stopped short of watching the finale because I kind of thought, man, once I watch this, I've seen it all. So the finale didn't play while you were there? No. And I also didn't really listen to that oh, much of yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Because I guess you had your family there. Yeah. And I don't think the kids could fall asleep to it as easy as I could. Yeah. You know? So anyway. Yeah. So that was my two fun things. That's fun. Of. Yeah. 
Well, mine's also kind of anachronistic. So a few years ago, we decided for Christmas that we would give experiences instead of gifts. Because, uh-huh. you know, we, nobody needs more stuff. And if you need something, you should just buy the exact one you want. Right, right. So we were each supposed to do an experience every year. Well, it took like three years to do the experience. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we're just now did the one for um, my sister and her and her husband, did uh-huh. one, my brother-in-law. And it was to go kayaking in East Texas. And it was really cool. We brought, well, I guess everybody else canoed, but we brought our kayaks that we had. um, This is kind of a throwback, but we bought inflatable kayaks and checked them on a plane to go kayak in lakes in Canada because it was cheaper than renting the ones at these really big tourist destinations. And you'd have to rent multiple ones. You'd have to do it multiple times, but it paid for just, if we had just rented one, this was still cheaper than that. If we'd done a few hours with in there. So that's, that's how we decided to do that. Yeah. So we were able to use our kayaks again Mm -hmm. and we went into, and I love kayaking. I love just the idea that I'm moving my, my body with my arms or legs, like Mm -hmm. biking or kayaking. Like I'm traveling on my own power with like simple tools created by men or by humans, you know, I'm like, this is really cool. So that was fun. But we went, I didn't expect, I didn't expect anything. I didn't look anything up. I was like, oh, we're just going to paddle on an open lake. That'll be cool. Mm -hmm. No, it was not like that. Uh There was, um, I can't remember the name of the trees, but there was these cypress maybe or some really beautiful trees that we like went in and out. And it felt like the closest thing I can think of too is when, um, Luke Skywalker goes to find Yoda in that weird swamp mm. and there's all those trees. Yeah. And it was so beautiful and the water was really smooth. There's one place called Clear Lake and the water looked like a mirror of the trees, but you're kind of like weaving in and out of a forest. It almost felt like hiking in a kayak. Mm-hmm. It was really fun and really beautiful. And um, my nephew was there and my new baby nephew was there and he's looking real cute you know mm-hmm. he's getting to like the six months cute time and so that's awesome yeah we just had a really great time so that was our christmas experience from three years ago and we decided by the time this comes out i guess it'll have happened that for now on at christmas we're gonna each person brings a proposal mm-hmm. and then we'll just do one trip per year based on the nice. proposal nice and so i get to like put together a powerpoint Nice. And I can propose anything and then we yeah. just vote on it. That's cool. I like that. So that's going to be fun. Yeah. That's my fun thing. Nice. All right. Well, I think this episode is coming out in January. So um, we would be remiss not to know that it is now officially 2024 in the future when this is coming out. Uh huh. And happy new year. Mm-hmm. We hope you all had a good and safe holiday season. And we're excited for a whole new year with, with y'all of chemistry. Mm-hmm. A whole new year's chemistry. Yeah. 2024, the year of the chemistry. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, so <clears throat> thank you so much for um for Sam and for Agus, August, for writing in the mm-hmm. um this idea. This was a really good topic. And thanks again to Elizabeth. And thanks for learning and letting me talk all about the dairy, the fermented milks. Yes, thanks for teaching us about the all the milks and all the fermentedness of it. And um <laughs> Happy to. Yeah. And if you have an idea or a question or a thought or idea, like I I said idea, um, (laughs) like our friends who suggested this one, please reach out to us on our website at chemforyourlife.com. That's chemforyourlife.com to share your thoughts and ideas with us.
If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the cost of making it, you could join our super cool Kim community of patrons at patreon.com slash Kim for your life to join that cool, cool community. We'd love to have you. And if you're not able to do that, you can still help us by subscribing to your favorite podcast app or rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts or subscribing on YouTube. All those things help us to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. Jam Robinson is our producer, and this episode was made possible by our financial supporters over on Patreon. It means so much to us that you want to help make chemistry accessible to even more people. And those supporters are Elizabeth P. A. Avishai B. Bree M. Brian K. Chris and Claire S. Chelsea B. Derek L. Emerson W. Hunter R. Jacob T. Christina G. Katrina H. Latila S. Lynn S. Melissa P. Nicole C. Rachel R. Sarah M. Stephen B. Shadow, Suzanne P, Timothy P, and Venus R. Thank you all again for everything you do to make chemistry for your life happen. And an extra special thanks to Bree, who often creates illustrations to go along with episodes of Chemistry for Your Life that you can see over on our YouTube channel. And you can find how to support and follow Bree in our show notes at entropicartstation.com or at McAllister Bree on Twitter. Oh, yeah, and if you'd like to learn more about today's chemistry lesson, you can check the references for this episode in our show notes or in the description of the video. He almost forgot. And now we say, yay, yay chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I was like ready to do you're that. You're so yayed. You're so ready to be yay. Yay.